I almost look at Instagram as like, it's how we feed the culture of our church community. This is the Church Growth Nation Podcast. Talk, if you would, about um, growth strategies that you guys have had for the church. And when I say growth strategies, I'm talking about when you get uh, uh, a plan or an event or some sort of thing that you intentionally do to reach new people. Um, what have you done? What have you found that really works? Are, are you aggressive with that? You know, a lot of churches are dealing with that. Hey, we want to reach new people. We want to reach our city. I have X amount of dollars. I have not that many ideas. I would love to glean from somebody who else has tried things. Do, do you uh, feel comfortable kind of speaking and sharing some of your experiences in that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, for growth strategies, well, I would say this, and I think it's really, really important that I say this, that if you have never, if it, there's like getting people in the door strategy, and then there's like, how are we going to plug people in strategy? And that is just as important as how you get them in the door, right? So, there's a lot of times people invest high dollar to get people in the door, and then they have no strategy to actually take those people anywhere, and then they wonder why those people never come back. Right. So like I would just say to the pastors that are out there, you got to make sure not only you have a strategy to get them in the door, but what do you do with them when they get there? Um, and we spent a lot of time in that first year, say, planning. And I think this is part of the growth strategy saying, OK, well, let's make sure our systems of assimilation are strong. They're clear. They're simple. They're obvious for the guests. So when they come, they know what the next step is. Um, because if they don't know, they're not going to ask you. You have to make it that obvious, that simple. Um, and, and that consistent as well, that there's always kind of a, an elevator that onboards people running in your church. Um, so with that said, once we got that grounded and established, we started rolling out more in this term of, uh, we did mailers, you know, and there's a lot of opinions on mailers of how effective it is and if it's good, if it's bad. Uh, what we have found, and it's actually been so surprising, is that the shelf life of mailers is so long and and this may be just unique to us but like we would send out a mailer and we would get somebody one year later that would show up and say i got your mailer a year ago finally made time to come i mean it's mind-blowing uh and and so for us uh, uh consistent mailers has actually been very helpful again i you got to go off your context a little bit i i do wonder if mailers are more helpful for us because there's less churches doing mailers here Whereas if you're in like Dallas, where every church is doing a mailer, I mean, your mailbox will be full of uh, mm. sermon series, promo, you know. Whereas mm -hmm. here, we're kind of like one of the few fish in the pond. Um, and, and so we leverage that by just trying to be consistent um, in our mailers, in our, uh, in our marketing, because we wanted to make it hard for people to not know uh, that we're here. Like, you know, I think sometimes people are like, oh, we're not going to do any of those things. No Facebook marketing, no mailers, nothing like that. But I'm like, you're making it easy to be invisible. And, and we didn't want to be easy. We didn't want, to, we, we didn't want to make it easy. We want people to know we're here to give them a chance, right, to, to come and check it out. And so we did mailers. We, for probably the last year or so, have been more aggressive about our Facebook and social media marketing. Uh, and, uh, you know, you guys did a fantastic job and do a fantastic job with that. Um, and I think we've seen some fruit in that. But, you know, I... I, I Strangely enough, I mean, I've found that mailers still do have some teeth to it. Um, yeah. But I would say it's only if you're consistent. If you do one mailer every two years, like, 
it's not gonna work. You know, like you might get a handful of people, but if you're really wanting to build presence through your marketing, uh, it has to be consistent, which means you're gonna have to invest, you're gonna have to invest money. You're gonna have to make that a part of your budget. Okay, let's talk some specifics. So if mailers are working, uh, how often are you sending them out? How much does it cost you per mailer? And what are they saying? Like, what are they a new one every time? Tell us some specifics about these mailers. Yeah, so uh, for our mailers, uh, September, uh, September is when, you know, everyone here, at least, and it's pretty common elsewhere, I would say, is, is like everyone's getting back in the ministry flow a little bit, uh, getting back into rhythm after summer. And uh, so we usually hit September. That's going to be a grow month for us. We do a series that um, is maybe a little more attractional or, or uh, thought-provoking maybe uh, in the sense, uh, or not thought-provoking, but like just a little more catchy and sticky. Uh, and then we will do a series for, or a mailer for Easter as well. So right now we do two a year. We might up that to three. And in between that, we'll do Facebook and social media as well. Um, but Easter is huge for us. Um, as is everywhere in the church world. Uh, Christmas, though, is nothing here. Like, everyone leaves because no one's from here for the most part. So everyone goes home on uh, uh, for Christmas. Uh, so we don't really go crazy on Christmas um, in that regard. And so, um, so, yeah, we do September. We do Easter with social media and Facebook in between. Uh, the mailers themselves are typically the, – the two things we want to do is we want to – um, to let them know what we're talking about um, and uh, kind of the topic. And we want it to be a topic that somebody who fits that nun's demographic, that person who uh, is probably more de-churched, uh, you know, would, would be interested in. And, uh, and those will be typically very culturally relevant, you know. So our series this next, uh, in uh, August, September, uh, is going to be a series called Team Humanity. And I couldn't think of a more important series right now uh, than talking about what does it mean to be human, you know, mm. in this world where we're in all this tension of, you know, immigration, a refugee crisis. What do we do about this? What does it mean to be human uh, that follows Jesus and lives in America and lives in a world with shootings and, and all the just awful things that are going on? So, um, you know, that whole series is going to be about reclaiming humanity and uh, that, that we're called to fight for humanity, not with it. Um, so, uh, that, that's where we're going that month. And, and the, you know, that's, I think just going to be a very relevant talking point and is a relevant talking point for our city and really the country at large right now. So we'll do a series that will be catchy, uh, that's relevant that, uh, someone outside of church is already talking about and, uh, and might be intrigued about here to hear what the church is saying about it too. Um, and then we'll always on the back, um, uh, include kind of a short little thing about myself and my wife with a picture of us. We've just found here, you know, people have an image of what pastors look like. And all of a sudden when they see a pastor who's 32, but looks 20 um, and, and uh, has tattoos and stuff, like all of a sudden they're like, okay, I'm intrigued. You know, I'll check it out. And so we found that people really want to see who the pastor is um, or pastors are. Um, before they'll ever walk through the door. So um, it always, of course, include our website. I mean, we found, and again, I'm sure it's for everybody, but uh, people will watch our sermon videos for, you know, two, three months before they come check out a service because they want to try it before they buy it. So we'll point them to uh, our website where on the front and center will be a, a, an easy way for them to check out uh, videos. 
as well as often we'll put our, our link uh, to our Yelp page because Yelp here at least is massive and we intentionally ask our core people to leave a five-star review because every week we get people who go, hey, I looked you up on Yelp and I read the reviews and it seemed like people liked you guys. So I wanted to see what, what it was about. And so, so it'd be series, promote kind of, you know, the pastor, Jen and I, and then uh, point them to uh, the content that matters most, uh, that we feel matters most to them. How much, uh, how many pieces of mail are you sending in each mailer? Typically we do like at least 15,000, you know, so Easter will go big. Easter will go like 50, uh, 50,000 plus. But for September, uh, we really, really hit our neighborhood and uh, it hard uh, because we have found here. And the reason, again, this is probably contextual that in San Francisco, it's a, it's a city of neighborhoods and people stick close to their neighborhoods. So to send a mailer, you know, to the other end of the city, the chances of them driving across the city to come to your church, it's pretty minimal. But if you can really hit your neighborhood hard, where the people where people are like within walking distance, because everyone walks here, uh, you know, uh, or takes public transit, like the chances go up. So um, we don't necessarily throw out a huge net for September, but Easter we do because people are willing to take the trip a little bit more on that time. The big thing that people need to hear from what you just talked about with your, your mailer and everything is that you know your city, you know your culture. And so, hey, we don't do mailers around Christmas time because people usually aren't from here, people leave. And so, you know, that's specific to your city. And like ever since we released your website, we track the visitors. I told you before, like the fact that people are coming from Yelp blew my mind because I never thought that a church was getting massive, like like over 50% more clicks to the Canvas website from Yelp than Facebook. And we were paying for ads for Facebook and it was still getting beat by Yelp. And that's not gonna be the case for most churches, but the fact that you know your city, you know your neighborhood, I think that that's allowed you to leverage that, to ask for those reviews, to not send mailers at those times. Those are insights that you have. I think a mistake a lot of pastors do is they call up their buddy in Oklahoma or their other pastor friend in New Jersey and and they replicate what other people are doing when your culture and your city is going to be something that you should adapt to your strategies too. And I respect you guys for doing that really strongly. Um, And I also think that a lot of your sermon series topics, the style, the aesthetics of a lot of the graphics, those are made for people in your city, in your area. And I see so many churches that are just replicas of each other, regardless of where they're at. Um, And I think that that's a mistake a lot of people have. Um, Tell me how how big, I, I also respect you guys when it comes to Instagram. Um, I think that you guys are frequent, but you also have a pretty consistent branding, if I will. Uh, the, the feel is always the same, and it feels like San Francisco. I mean, how, how big of a deal is that to you guys? Yeah, Instagram for us, um, we have found it's about championing the stories that we care about. Like, I almost look at Instagram as like, it's how we feed the culture of our church community. You know, a lot of times it's about just information and that's boring to be honest. Like I don't think information moves people, stories move people. Um, and so we have really 
tried to make sure, you know, what we do, people to a value, not just an event. Um, and so that's kind of what we've, I mean, you know, it's, if you, if you're more informational on your Instagram, that's fine. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. But again, for us, um, you know, we just have felt that people here are moved so much more by story. And, um, and, and so we try to make our, our Instagram reflect that, um, most of the time we still pu- push events every now and then, but if you look at our Instagram, majority of it is going to be, uh, pictures of our people um, and either talking about a value or celebrating what God is doing. Um, Cause I, you know, I think that's why Instagram exists in the first place to tell stories. So. Yeah. I mean, we're going to wrap up here in a second, but if you would, uh, you've got to be, you're at the same age that a lot of people are that are planting churches all across America and they're getting training and some are having success. Some are struggling. Uh, what advice would you give to a fellow church planter that is on the other side of America and they have a vision for reaching their city? Uh, is there anything that's, that you feel like is a mold that you guys have done at Canvas that there are principles that other people should apply to their church that maybe isn't being done on the regular? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess the two things that come to my mind when I, when I think about the question is, I guess the two things that helped us most is one is I would say we had a parent church that had been where we were. They planted in the Bay area, at least uh, in a movie theater and uh, which is where we started in a movie theater and um, you know, had gone now for 13 years and really had grown to being a very, very large church in the Bay area. And so uh, we got in their corner and just said, you know, teach us, be our pastors. Um, What can we do together that we couldn't do apart? You know, I, I do meet some of these, church planners, they're these kind of lone ranger uh, kind of people that they're like, we're just going to take the hill for Jesus. And that's, that's cool. But like, you're better with others in your corner. And as smart as you are on your own, strong as you are on your own, as great a communicator as you are on your own, I guarantee you, you're not better, stronger, or smarter than you plus other people of experience in your corner. So get people who are older than you, who have scars, who have been there and done it. And they're they're leading a church that you look at and go like, man, I would love to have a church like that one day. Get them in your corner, humble yourself, be a Timothy, find a Paul, because you'll be better as a result of it. And every pastor needs a pastor. So um, that, you know, that doesn't go to your church, you know, you know, get somebody uh, in your corner. So that'd be the first thing. And the second thing I would really say, and we've seen this in San Francisco again and again, because I've seen churches come and go, um, you know, be where you are and be who you are. Um, there's a lot of church plants that feel this pressure that when they launch, they need to launch with, you know, intelligent lights and huge screens and, uh, you know, a design team and, and all this stuff. And I've seen it again and again here that uh, churches will launch like they're a mega church when they're just a church plant. And then that's cool for like six months when your team is excited. But after six months when they get tired, it's not as cool anymore. Like setup sucks now, you know. Uh, there was a church here that they started with a real huge setup. And they were starting setup at like 3.30 in the morning. So they were going 3.30 in the morning till, uh, till about 2 in the afternoon every Sunday. And their, their setup looked amazing. Uh, but after about six months, uh, because they didn't grow fast enough, uh, they're, uh, most of their team fried. Most of their team just burned out. 
and you can't do this without people. So what we really did that I think it was uh, maybe one of the smarter things we did that helped us is we started with where we were. Hey, look, we have a team of 23. So our setup, we're going to, what's the necessities? We need sound, we need video, we need, we need to be able to see that communicator. We need to be able to have a kid space, some coffee. We started small and we grew as we grew. And that's okay. Be where you are. Uh, think long, you know, like if you're looking at your setup, you're like, yeah, if we don't grow, this is going to kill us. Okay, then maybe don't do that. Um, start with where you are, do what you can do, and uh, trust the process that, that God is going to do what you, you can't do. And so, um, yeah, so I mean, those would be two things. Get someone in your corner, be where you are. It's okay to have a small beginning. Uh, don't despise it, lean into it, and trust that uh, if you're faithful with small, God's going to give you more. That's good. I think it's going to encourage a lot of people. And uh, I just appreciate you just spending this time with us, sharing. i um, sorry about your your uh, Giants this year. Um, Damn Warriors, man. We've been spoiled. We'll be all right. You can't talk about the Warriors when you got the Giants hat on, one of the worst teams in baseball this year. But, hey, it's okay. That's true. That <laughs> is still true. Enduring it, wearing it. I, I will go Dodgers and uh, appreciate you, Travis. Uh, listen, if people want to reach out to you, if they want to send you a message, they're encouraged, or they want to tell you that they think you suck, I mean, anything like that, how can people reach out to you? Yeah, I mean, you can follow me on Instagram at uh, underscore Travis Clark. You can email me, honestly, Travis at canvas-sf.com. Uh, love to get connected with you. If there's anything we can do to serve you or come alongside you, um, man, I would love to do that. Yeah, awesome. All right, thank you, Travis. Blessings, man. All right, thanks, buddy.